I'm Wes Shank, the host of the Missouri Wind and Solar Podcast, coming to you from our store in Seymour, Missouri. We hope you'll enjoy our discussions on renewable energy and the products that make that possible. Thank you for downloading our podcast, and we hope you'll subscribe. Thanks for joining us again. This is Wes and David, and we've got a special guest today, which is Brian Tatum. He's uh, one of our lead salespeople here at Missouri Wind. He's been with us for about a year now. And we brought him in today to talk with him about solar panels and quiz him on various aspects of that. And I get to play the, the uninformed consumer. And the great thing about that is I play the part really well because I am that uninformed consumer. What I want to start off with is the big question that as soon as you start looking at solar panels, you we'll probably come across the whole idea of the mono versus poly. So mono, monocrystalline versus polycrystalline, right? Yep. When we talk about that, what are we talking about? Give me the, the big picture in little bitty words. What are we, what's our, what's our difference between the mono and the poly? So the mono and the poly basically is what it is, is say, say you have the same size panel, 260 watt, 260 watt they're both going to be 260 watts. The mono is typically going to be a little bit more at efficient at converting the sunlight into usable power. Uh, so the efficiency on the back of the panel is something that you would look at whenever you're buying a panel. Typically the monos are going to be more aesthetically pleasing. They look okay. good. I so like, it's prettier. Yeah. It's so much so let me back up to you and say, okay, <clears throat> when we're talking about efficiency, we're just saying still the max is going to put out is 260 watts. Yeah at any given point in time. But what we're talking about is a beautiful sunny day versus a crappy sunny day. We're going to get a better chance at achieving that 260. Is that what we're talking yeah, about Yeah, and here? so if you're not getting a full sun, then it it's going to do a better job at converting the sunlight into usable energy Okay. rather than just direct sunlight. So direct sunlight is going to be the exact same, but whenever you're getting kind of broken up, distorted light, you're going to get more production out of the mono panel. Okay. If you've got trees or anything that's going to be potentially obstructing that sunlight, is that the kind of thing we're talking about here? Or are um, we talking about... It can be. Uh, since you have individual wafers inside of mono, then you can get a little bit more production out of them. Shading is not really a good idea on panels. Period. Yeah, right. plain and simple. Uh, shading is going to affect the panels, uh, whether it's mono or poly. But with the poly, uh, you know, multiple cells... It's kind of all jumbled together uh, versus the individual cells. Okay, on so the go mono. into that. What does it What does it mean at a simple non-engineer level? What is poly versus? I mean, poly means more than one, and mono yeah, right. means one. So what's what's kind of the so mono, backyard backyard uh, mechanic? Yeah. So mono is is a silicone that is formed into from one pure silicone wafer. It, it's formed from one pure silicone wafer. And they and they stretch this and they and they produce this mono cell, this one cell, this one cell for our panel. Most of our panels are either 60 or 72 cell panels. So it's being pulled from one bar. Okay, one, so one pure bar of silicone. If if I'm looking at my solar panels, you've got all these little round dots on it. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So that you, dot is made of one. That's made of one pure silicone wafer. Versus uh, versus poly and poly is fragmented pieces. Say the leftovers, as as you would say, okay. 
uh, and they're melted and formed together then. They're, they're all melted down and then, so now instead of having a, a, a what we would call a, a lot of industries, a, a virgin resin or a virgin silicone, we have one that's, that's been used before, recycled basically and melted back down and then, and then pulled back into actual modules. Our, so it's a little bit and that's what causes the mono to be a little more efficient is because anything that's a first-time use is going to be more efficient than okay. typically than the second time we got seconds right <laughs> we got seconds but but uh, saying that polycrystalline panel uh, it is now probably the number one panel on the market as far as panels sold most most homes now are or putting or small small off grids especially a lot of them are using the poly uh, it has really became on it's a newer technology uh, because before there was only one way they only knew one way to make a uh, a wafer for uh, using for the sales for the for the panels uh, after engineering and everybody got into it they said well what can we do to make a cheaper panel you know a less ex less expensive panel and still have the same results and that was let's use the leftovers to use anything that's left over and melt that back together and and then we can form another so now there's just no waste so it's like anything uh, when there's when there's really no waste to it they there are hardly zero waste when they're forming a polycrystalline panel there there's hardly zero waste that they would ever get out of it so. okay so what what's happening with the cost on that though is that is it significant <clears throat> are we talking about um, it's not real significant um, unless you're talking about smaller panels. If you get into the larger panels, like for example, we have 260 watt panels in right. mono and poly. Uh, the poly is going to be 248, um, and then the the mono is going to be basically right at a dollar watt. It's going to be 259.99. Um, whenever you're talking about smaller panels, say like the 100 watt panels, that's when you're going to notice a little bit more of the price difference between the mono and the poly. The 100 watt panels are going to be somewhere around 114 dollars. Um, and then the 100 watt mono is going to be somewhere around 139 dollars. So okay. A little bit more of a difference when it comes to the smaller panels rather than the larger panels. Anywhere from a five, five to a 15 percent increase, you know. Uh, the is five percent increase is, is overall is pretty easy to overcome because truly a, uh, a mono panel is on the low light situation again is about five percent more efficient. So it can kind of so overcome just by becoming more efficient. It can kind of overcome that higher cost. But there's so really, from what you're telling me, unless I'm doing the math really wrong in my head, I mean it just comes down mostly to aesthetics. It does. A lot of it is. I mean, a poly panel will have, uh, you know, you'll typically see a poly panel. The only thing that you would see different is the framing. Is it in a black frame or is it in a is in a in a regular mill frame, what we call mill, which is just an aluminum color. That's really the only two differences you're ever going to see in a poly panel. Whereas a mono panel, you'll see them in a mill frame, a black frame, clear tape back, white tape back, black tape back. You know, there's just so many variances. What's a, what's a clear tape back? When they when they form a panel, the first thing they'll do is they they set the the bottom glass. Uh, there's there's glass encapsulated on both sides of your cells. Uh, and so they'll set the, well, when they set these cells, individual cells on this, on your panel, if you don't have some kind of adhesive right. to hold them in place, they just, they move everywhere. They would just, you know, you'd lift your panel up and it'd all go to the bottom. So they have this adhesive tape that is going to be placed on, each cell is going to be placed on this adhesive tape. 
and so they'll have a uh, a white a white on white which would be white back white front they'll have a uh, a white back black front so in a polycrystal or monocrystalline it's typically going to have a really black cell their cell is going to look black so if you have a black frame a black freight face tape and then a black cell it just has the appearance of everything being just true black uh, so if you have a a black roof already it'll, blend, roof. Right in. it'll yeah. blend right in it's very very unnoticeable you know uh, only thing you typically see is be some type of a glare maybe every now and then showing that there was glass on the, the roof but uh, and the clear uh, is a newer one <clears throat> it's pretty cool uh, we have them in the showroom you can get on our website and look at them uh, they're actually they're, they're you can get on our website yeah. and buy them actually. yeah they're neat they are really neat they're uh you know they've got the cell over a clear it's got a clear there again, a clear glass front and clear glass back, and then a clear tape, a 100% clear tape. And so, uh, say this, you put this over a sun porch, it will allow light to pass through all the cracks between it, uh, and still allow light to come in on in on the sun porch. You know, not okay. a lot, but uh, I, haven't even, I haven't seen that out there. We, one thing, it but do we have the, a lot of that? We haven't got a lot of those. It's newer, like I said, it's newer to us. It's it's really cool. The, the one of the real key factors in that one though and the reason they're starting to use that is because it will allow the transfer light to go through it instead of remaining in the panel which will keep the panel cooler a cooler panel will f operate more efficiently than a how many of those do we have because uh, right, right now we have about 30 really yep and those yep. are going to be the 265 265 watt. watt they are really cool they are one of the biggest what do they panels cost? uh two 264 264.99 they're basically a dollar watt as well okay they're really they're really neat and they're, they're made by these these particular ones are made by solar world durability second to none they they actually have a video where they drive a ford f-150 <laughs> on top of four solar panels and holds the entire truck and, up and for you chevy drivers i'm sure we can probably get <laughs> we get a chevy commercial too so. yeah that, <laughs> if it can hold the ford it can sure hold the chevy so you dodge guys i don't know <laughs> <laughs> dodge we won't guys. talk about that. Dodge guys, good luck getting it to the uh, getting it there. Oh, don't, don't do that. We want to No, I'm just joking. That was David. If you don't like David, then call Brian. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty cool. I I swear I don't know how I missed those in the showroom. I got to go. They're neat. You you'll, you'll, you they're. Here's one reason you miss them is because they're clear. You see through. You see right? through. Like, you know, you see through. That's right. Camouflaged. Okay, so another one that I've seen out there lately is that flexible one. Yeah, the flexible one uh, is something we're that we are looking into carrying. Uh, it is not something that's available yet uh, to purchase through us. The flexible one is, uh, for better words, it's very flexible and how you can use it so that's the so, that's the term that's right so being like in a rv situation or some situation that would require maybe the panel to have a little bit of curvature to it the flexible panel allows that allows that whereas the solid aluminum frame uh you're kind of stuck you're, yeah you know you're you don't have that option you know so it's uh, later there again it's something we're looking into we haven't we haven't started carrying them yet we're hoping that this that is something that uh, uh, we can bring to market. Uh, there again, we want to we want to test products, make sure products are are doing what they claim that they're doing, before we pass it on to the uh, to you all down the line. So we uh, and we need it to be a reasonable reasonable price. Once we get all those little wrinkles ironed out, 
then uh, there'll be the market for us. Yeah, that's one of the things I was curious about on it is how the how the cell can manage to stay on there and and not. It's the same. It's the same deal that instead of using a glass over the front, they're using uh, like a polyacrylic over the front of it, which is going to be flexible. Uh, and then the same thing, they're still using that tape. That's still that same tape, uh, but they're just using like a. But here's the deal, and this is what we're testing. After time, like any other polyacrylic, will UV light just start destroying that, destroying that, and causing well, a dis in, discoloration? In your, in your cell, isn't the cell itself made of a stone-like material, right? I mean, I know it's not stone. Right, but it's a, silica. Yeah, I mean, yeah. sand. Yeah, silica, so, silica sand. I mean, it's, so it's, which is then transformed into silicone. So it's made into silicone. So it's compressed. It's compressed, yeah. And, uh, and it would just seem like, as with anything like that, if you keep flexing it, it's going to... There's a chance. <laughs> it's going to eventually... There's a chance. <clears throat> now, most of the time, what most of these, uh, most people are using these flexible for, or if they're trying to, basically, that they've got grommets on the side, so they're in a say a camping situation where they can take it out set it up easily uh, hang it on hooks basically you know you can put two hooks in a tree and if it was facing the sunlight and hang it there and it's fine take, yeah. take the hooks down and and to be go. and to be fair it only flexes by what would you say 10 15 20 yeah. degrees yeah. top 20 degrees top it, it's not you know? it's not like you roll it up into a, a map case right. and carry it right. off i mean you it's, know, it's not a it's you know a, the, you got to be careful i mean you you have uh you know you have actually electrical leads that are running the entire length of the panel you know you flex it too much and you you strain one of those and break it maybe you think you're still doing something and it's doing nothing i mean could right. you break one of those and it's the whole panel shot so so that's where that's where again that's where our testing really comes into play on this stuff we we don't want to bring anything to market that that we think could fail a customer you know we because no matter what your application to you it's it's a uh, important application so let's just spend a minute too this is going to go back and uh, as as we always say, we we're prone to wonder. <laughs> so coming out of our coming out of our solar panel, we've got in in my previous podcast. So so relying on my my previous good learning, coming out of the coming out of the solar panel, we don't have to have all the components that we would have to have in a typical. Um, so for instance, in a wind turbine situation right right so we can come out of our solar panels uh, basically into an inverter and we're good to go from there right well you can't just typically go directly to an inverter uh, because an inverter has a they're gonna have a high low uh, on off basically uh, area voltage uh, that they're gonna have to run in uh, and a panel just uh, let's just say that you had a panel out Still wanting to go to batteries. It, yeah, still wanting to go to batteries. Let's just say that you put a panel out and it was perfect sunlight that day and you were within the range. If you were within the range of the of the, of the inverter's uh, <coughs> performing range, then it would work. You're exactly right. It would work. <laughs> but let's just say there was a little cloud came over for just seconds. I mean, seconds. And it took just enough power away, it would trip that inverter out, the inverter would go into low voltage, 
and trip out. So you'd have to go and reset your inverter, start the whole process over again. So whatever you're running, uh, and, you and so unless it is a perfect, perfect day, the chances of being able to use an inverter and a panel are pretty nil. I mean, you're, you don't have much of a chance for using it that day. So what I've never understood is then how is a, a solar panel different than a wind turbine? And, and I understand, right, understand how a wind turbine, you could get a big, big spike. I mean, the big wind comes along. Right. And all of a sudden you're overcharging the batteries. What I don't understand is how does the solar panel keep from overcharging your batteries? That you'll, you don't that you don't have to have something in between. You'll still have to use a charge controller. That is, you you. I didn't think you had to. No, you it, you don't have to. But if you don't want to overcharge the battery, there there's nothing that can save a battery less than being a charge controller. I mean, from being overcharged. Now, unless you put a 15 watt panel and you know this is a huge battery bank. And you're just looking for it to downfall in there any given time, and know that it could never put enough power in there in a in an eight-hour period that would destroy the battery. But if you're putting in thousands of watts of solar into a battery bank okay. on a daily basis, so maybe what I'm thinking, so to, so what do you dump to then? You don't actually have to. That that is the number one maybe thing that's between what I'm you don't have to solar dump. and wind. You do not have to dump solar. Solar basically it's just got an on-off switch. If if the batteries are full and the and the controller says, okay, stop, it doesn't hurt the solar panels to not be putting their electricity out. Whereas in a wind turbine, uh, it has to have load. Remember that that was the deal. It has to keep under constant load, which is load means that it has to have something drawing its energy away because when it's spinning. It's producing. The, okay, that's what's taken me. I think finally it just it finally hit me. It's taken me forever to figure out is that the turbine is spinning. And when the, it's spinning, it's producing. And the and the solar panels are not spinning. That's right. They're just they're sitting there in a in a either in a production state. I mean, they're <clears throat> they're always can be producing as well, but it doesn't affect them when they're not producing. You know, if if they don't have anywhere to send that energy to. It's just a chemical reaction, really, basically in the panels. All it is. It just you have there. a positive and a negative charge in both of these in that silicone wafer. You have these two, a positive and and so when the sunlight hits it, it starts a reaction. Well, with every reaction is a form of energy. Every okay. every action is a form of energy. So. And so in the wind turbine, and now we're skipping over. In the wind turbine, if you don't dump, you go to free spin. And why does it free spin? because there's no place for it to send the, the electricity to. And so what it, what it causes is the turbine to just start spinning as fast as it wants because if there's no if there's nowhere to take that energy and give it to, like a battery bank or a resistor bank, then if it doesn't have that, that area to give it or that place to give that energy to, it says, okay, well, the, the battery's full. I have no load on me anymore. And the load is what causes resistance. The, okay. the load is causing okay. So there's no resistance now against that, that turbine. As fast as I can. So I want to go as fast as I can. Well, it's still producing, and it's, and when it's producing, electricity, remember, is heat. I mean, you know. And you're going to get more and more. And you're just going to get hotter and hotter until finally you're going to have a catastrophic failure. Bearing's going to fail. Something's going to fail. Uh, being the bearings, being at the, the shaft. I mean, you know, gotcha. the shaft typically wouldn't, but. Uh, something is going to fail. Heat's going to go somewhere. Heat's going to go somewhere, and when it does, it's bad. Okay. Um, so. All right, cool. 
And there we go. We've there all we gone go. off. The now you know. Correct. <laughs> we've gone through the rabbit hole in our typical <laughs> podcast went moment. the wormhole and you came out <laughs> the rabbit hole. We do need a charge controller. Yes. With the... Anytime you go to batteries, you need a charge controller. Yeah. And the we only always, time, the only time you wouldn't, wouldn't have a charge controller is if we're doing, like we talked on last week's podcast where we were talking about where we just had a plug-and-play inverter. Right. And then it just doesn't care because it's it's balancing out against the well, here, the house here, power. So so now we go back to our inverter discussion. Remember we talked about grid tie inverters yeah. and off grid inverters. Right. You'll use a battery bank in a off grid or a hybrid grid tie inverter, but on a regular grid tie inverter, just a straight grid tie. That's all it does. There is no need for batteries, so there is no need for charge control. It's gonna, this is gonna balance against the house or the neighborhood. That's right. It's or balancing right against the 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 inverter is then converting electricity directly into the same voltage, matching the voltage of the power company, and feeding back into the grid. And so it, it there again, it can go through your home electrical system first, or it may go right back into their production meter. It just depends on your local entities how they how they tell you that they want you to grid back, back into their system. So there is the the case as of not with wind that you can use a inverter and solar panels without the use of batteries, but it would only be in a grid tie situation. Grid tie only. Where's a where's uh remember the reason we couldn't use the a grid tie only with the wind is because we have such voltage spikes right. and there's not an inverter that understands that voltage But you could spikes. with an outback right. run it through. Through a, through a battery bank. Cleaning that voltage basically. Yeah. Using it as your cleaner. Let's take a minute and talk about, I mean, one of the cool things about solar is there seems to be a ton of fun things that you can do with solar. One of the neat things we've got here in front of the store is the solar tracker. I think I, I gotta say, I gotta figure every customer that comes in here is like, I would like to have a solar tracker in my yard. Tell me about, so, tell me about the solar tracker. So the solar tracker is nice because you can, you can get 30 to 40 percent more efficiency from your panels by following the sun throughout the day. Uh, so when you ever use a tracker, you can usually cut down on the amount of paneling that you actually have to purchase. Um, so that makes it nice for people. Plus they just look cool. I mean, yeah, they do. They're they, very cool. People do like them. They, they look nice, and uh, it's it's just an interesting component that you can get. If you look on our website, what we're talking about, basically the solar tracker is just a huge holder of solar panels that moves with the sun. So when when you put this thing together, I, I wasn't here when they put this together, but I would assume that, that there is a rather large chunk of concrete underneath typical, that. Typical for... Typical 12 panel installation takes a four foot by four foot by four foot chunk of concrete, which if you do the math on that, it's gonna be about eight yards of concrete. So uh, it's a, not eight yards, about four yards of concrete, uh, which is a lot, of, I mean, that's that's a lot of concrete. But you don't want that thing taking flight no, either. No, no, I mean, to, to, keep, <laughs> to keep with the wind ratings, 120 mile an hour wind rating, that's what you have to, you have to do. When you do that, First off, how much is a solar tracker, roughly? I mean, I know I'm his 50, guess. 50, 100, 50, 400. I'd have to go look to the, the exact numbers. But I do believe okay. the, the 12 panel is a 4,600. 46. And there's going to be a variable depending on whether you want it to have uh, dual actuators or not, whether it just goes east to west or if it goes north and south as well. Okay. 
And so when that when that moves, does it actually track the sun or does it track based on the time of day? So it's gonna be it's gonna be programmed to your your zip code. Um, it's gonna be programmed from the time of day. And so basically to get the most efficiency for your specific area, um, it's it's just gonna be programmed that way. It doesn't actually track the sun, it's gonna be a timer. Okay. And then is it and then now I, this may sound like a dumb question, but it's what I'm known for. Is that thing running on a battery, or is it running on? No. <laughs> how, un- what's, what's, unfortunately, it's what's not running it? on a battery. It's, it's a little bit. <laughs> uh, this is this is kind of an interesting. So so we produce off of our tracker. We're producing. Uh, we use microgrid tire inverters on ours. So we're producing 240 volt, and we're feeding it right back into our into our power company uh, and then and so we have AC power powering a time tracker uh, the actual tracking module and so it's fed by 120 volt power and then it converts it to 36 volt power to uh, <clears throat> operate the actuator arm so we start out with DC power, we change it to AC power, we go back inside, change it back to DC power, and then run it back out to get back power to the... So it's a little bit hooky in that deal, but it is a great machine, and it works. Uh, and this is what this is what we so, talked about with Sean the other day. Yeah. We, we were. It's, it's sad that we have to do that, but it's just, it, it's, it is what it, it is. It is what it is, and it, but it works very effectively. Uh, the reason that, that, that a time tracker works that we chose a time tracker versus a solar tracker actually a sun tracker that would be chasing the sun uh let's just say that it uh it's uh partly cloudy day outside Uh, big big cloud goes over so this so now then your tracker it starts looking uh you know it starts well then finally it finds it by the time it actuates back and gets around where it's supposed to be now then the cloud comes back over and so it starts looking again whereas a time tracker no matter when no matter how cloudy it is if there's a just five minutes of sunlight that came out that tracker will be exactly where it needs to be in position for that for the sunlight right at that time of day so breaking the clouds it's immediately right in the middle of the panels and it's taking all the energy it can immediately from the sun it's always where it's, so supposed, it's, to be. Where it's supposed to be all the time okay now is that I mean I know that's a that's a monster of a, a rig out there and obviously laying the block to put that thing in that's pretty much a professional installation that's it, it, it is I mean you when we say professional installation it it can still be done uh, you know it's you got to dig a four foot by four foot by four foot hole <laughs> uh, and if you're in southern Missouri like we are uh, that's not the easiest task in the world. I mean, you might want to get somebody out there with a little bit of, you know, like a mini excavator or something to, to dig that hole for you. The people that that, does, that have designed and built this for us, they've come a, we've, we've come a long way with it. They they provide a rebar cage that has the bolts already attached. Okay. Once you have it, you set this in the hole, and, then uh, pour the concrete. and you pour the concrete around it. You just make sure that's good and level. After that, it's literally just setting the base over the top of the and bolting it down. I mean, it's so, it's not undoable for the, just the, the average homeowner. I mean, the average homeowner with a 
so long as he has a, a certain skill set of being a, a do-it-yourselfer, you know, uh, you know, it's not as easy as just installing a ceiling fan that you pick up from Home Depot. <laughs> you know, it's not that. It's you got to have a little bit more knowledge than just that. You got to know how to use tools. You got to know some about electrician doing electric work. Uh, but as far as just building the actual apparatus, it's something that that can be done on a homeowner right. basis. I, I think I saw in one of the articles I was reading about about wind turbines, and they said if you how how did they put it? If you need to ask, do I need a rigger? Then the answer is yes. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so That's right. if if you think you need it, then the answer is yes. That is and, exactly right. So, but that that. Uh, if we got, do we have pictures of that on our website? We do. We have a video. We have a, uh, pictures of it on our website. We have a video uh, of the tractor being installed. So uh, you can go into uh, our YouTube channel, Missouri Wind and Solar, on our YouTube channel, and see that actually getting put up uh, on the. Uh, I think Jeff and and White are the ones installing that. So uh, uh, it's made a whole lot easier if you have a forklift or a tractor to lift because this is a big unit I mean it's got yeah that, it, some weight well just like you said so, if it's made to withstand what do you yeah, say 120 mile 120 mile an hour wind ratings so I mean it's meant to uh, and this one's had 75 plus on it yeah. so Missouri where we're sitting yeah. right now uh, it is windy yeah we, we get the wind <laughs> so uh, yeah so it's definitely a definitely a great unit though and they make that in a four panel an eight panel and a 12 panel and actually now it's available in a two panel as well. In a two panel as well, they just came out with. But it's very, it, it's very like Brian said, it, it increases your panels by 30 to 40% on their efficiency uh, throughout the day. And that's just running on the on the, the east to west, you know, basically on the, the, uh, the Y plane, you know, it's just moving back and forth left to right on the horizontal. Uh, if you can, if you do the dual access where, it, where it's tilting back, you'll get about another 10 to 15% out of it. So... So over time, that has a chance for paying. All all things solar, given time, will pay themselves off. They will, uh, being as an actuator or just a panel. It's it's the the monocrystalline panels that we talked about. Even if they were only one percent better, they still over time will right. overcome the cost the cost of fit cost difference between them. So. Well, what what other cool things have I left out on all things solar? I mean, the solar panel stuff is. I know we've got some smaller panels that can power a, a, a lantern light. I mean, I know we've got. Oh yeah, we have uh, we have the little 15 watt panels, and you know a lot of people use the 15 watt panel for battery maintenance in a lawnmower, or uh, some people will mount them to their tractor. They'll literally just mount them to the tractor and keep them hooked up all the time to their tractor battery. You know, it's that's a that's a products or that's a uh, uh, for a lot of homeowners especially small home small tractor owners right. that they Keeping only the use you know they just use it once every month well they go out and nothing's more frustrating to go out and I'm gonna go work to down the tractor and hear the click 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 there's just nothing I mean lawnmowers the same way so you know. and I tell you another if you if you haven't listened to our podcast on the SunTac yeah go back if you're interested in in solar and what solar can do um that's a great podcast to go back and listen to yeah suntac's a great you know we we've talked about it numerous times it's a great it's a great product it it takes your solar panel and wes talked earlier about uh being able to just hook directly to a an inverter 
uh, it, it works great. It works great in camping situations. Just anything that you might want to power, you know, small, uh, uh, you know, all the way up to 300 watts, you know. So anything that you want to power, you know, that uh, doesn't use more than 300 watts, you know, we can, we can do that with a, uh, with a solar panel that is matching the, the, the wattage that you're needing. Uh, there again, you can't buy my 300 watt SunTac controller and put 100 watts of panels into it and expect to use something that's pulling 300 watts. It will not do that. It, it can only match the wattage that's being produced by the panel at the time. Brian, what have you got? What do we need to let clients know, let prospective buyers know? Well, an example like today, I had a guy to come in and he just, uh, he wanted a panel for his fence charger. Um, and they don't use much at all. Typically you can use anywhere from, you know, a 15 to a 30 watt panel to be able to use your fence charger, charge that battery. Uh, most of your fence chargers don't use much wattage at all. That's a, a great, because we also get into the time of year when we've talked about this before, keeping the water tanks right. from freezing over. Right. Yeah, you I can go to your solar panel just directly to the element. You don't have to have a battery bank or anything in there. So. What, what size panel do you usually need for that? That, 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 that is always going to, you ask the, uh, the number one hard question to answer. It's always, it's just going to depend on what size tank and what your heating needs are if you're wanting if you're wanting to, to just to keep from freezing or if you're wanting to heat water i mean like okay well you know. tell me give me a give me a range so a 10 so a 10 gallon <laughs> tank so a 10 gallon tank if i had a 10 gallon tank and i wanted to just keep it from freezing a 100 watt panel okay i mean that's that's all i need uh, if i have a 10 gallon tank and i want to have 150 degree water at the end of the day then i'm probably gonna have to use you know a thousand watts of solar panels to do that i mean you know because uh, it just takes some electricity to really get so going. So that average cattleman who's out there, who's got a tank, he just doesn't want it to freeze over. What's he gonna? He's, what would he call he's it typically gonna take us? about two of the of the uh, the 260 watt mono panels. And so what's he gonna spend with us? He's gonna spend about about 560 to 580 dollars plus shipping. Okay, and then he's not gonna have to drive then out and bust to get up the his tank with axe. <laughs> <laughs> Trudge off through the woods and chop ice for his for his cattle. That's right. I mean, he's uh, he <clears throat> when it's that cold out, there's lots of other things that need to be done on the farm besides busting busting water. And then, what's the typical life of that panel? So he's going to have to spend that twenty five years. Twenty five years. Yeah. All of our solar most most every one of our solar panels we sell here are twenty five year warranty panel, and that and that's going to what they call have a production warranty. So they're they're guaranteed that it's going to produce with eighty percent of what its what its known value is twenty five so, years later. So a little over twenty bucks a year, right? To not have to go do that, right? Not a bad deal. Not a bad deal at all. If you've had to do it as many times as I've done in my <laughs> life, I would have gave that easily. <laughs> the one thing to really remember, you know, when we're talking about solar panels and you know we start talking about some big stuff and. You know, and the big the big trackers and all that. I mean, if you're thinking about solar in any in any capacity, I mean, if you're thinking about it for your water tank, or if you're just thinking about it for lighting a, a light in your shop, I mean, give the guys here a call. They they will uh, they're going to sell you what you need. They're not going to sell you try to sell you your whole house. They're just going to sell you what you're wanting to do at the time. There, no matter what your age is, no matter what what demographic you come from. It can you can benefit from it. Oh I mean, yeah, I mean it, we we started with with two two panels and a grid tied inverter, 
Right. And I mean, that yeah. was. Yeah, and, and and sometimes that's what it takes. I mean, it just takes starting starting that, and we can and and and, and that may start a uh, a culture in your area. You know, your neighbor may see that, and and for every and solar panel we can do, about you know, that. right? And for every answer. solar panel we can do in the world, and 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 produce, you know, that much less fossil fuel that we have to take out of the earth, or that's that much more fossil fuel you we can use for other products besides just powering our homes you know we can use that to to uh, better our way of life in a different form you know so it's definitely a, definitely a uh, if you're thinking about it in any capacity give the guys a call let us let us uh, let us help you get through it and uh, we'd love to work with you so. okay thank you Brian thank you David as you always we'll we'll wrap this podcast up thank you all for joining us always want to make the pitch to buy our products it keeps us bringing the podcast to you I think our next podcast that we've got scheduled up, we've got a, uh, one of our new salespeople here at Missouri Wind actually has a micro house. He corrected me on that. I said tiny house and I got corrected. So we're going to talk with him about uh, his micro house and we'll, we'll be talking with him about that and how that, that's working for him. Uh, another one that we're going to be doing shortly is we're going to talk about cabling. We've kind of worked our way backwards, and we want to talk about cabling and how that comes into play. So, But again, thank you for joining us, and we appreciate you taking the time to listen to our podcast. Thanks a lot.